We told you it wasn't likely Sean Payton was going anywhere but back to Fox multiple weeks ago. The people wanted that first-round draft pick, and I get it. Is it going to happen now? It's still got a shot to happen, but it's becoming less and less likely. And what do we think about the NFC and AFC championship games? We're going to talk about that along with a little bit of Saints and Pelicans talk mixed in. Do we think that Andy Dalton might come back? I, I don't. God, I can't watch that again, right? Not too much. And a little surprise from a, one of the best shots I've ever seen in basketball. It's all coming up next with Jeff Duncan and Uncle Big Nick on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends, anywhere you might be, who have traded in Houdat for Houday. Even if it's just for a few weeks, good for you. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Speaking, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude for a Friday, episode number 135 for a Friday. January the 27th, 2023. I find it so interesting, and I get into it with Uncle Big Nick later in our best bets. I mean, look, we love Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. I mean, how could you not? But there's also Jamar Chase. Do we not talk about him? I mean, there's Eli Apple, former Saints. I can't even say that without laughing. What a jerk that dude is. Come on. But I think it's funny that uh, all of a sudden all these Saints fans are big Bengals fans now. I mean, your Saints stunk it up, so I guess you got to find somebody to root for. I understand why you don't like the Niners or the Eagles, but unless you have bets on the Niners like I do. Uh, but uh, why the hate on Kansas City? Is it because they're like been perennial favorite? Nobody likes perennial favorites except for fans of that team you know it, you know Duncan and I were talking off the air about he's getting requests all of a sudden bounty gates coming up again who cares I mean give me a break who gives a rat's patoot about bounty gate especially now that was 14 years ago 15 years ago good no 13 years ago it, wow I'm getting old man 13 years ago, Bounty Gate. People still want to... I was reading some... I don't know. I don't even know what led me to this. I think I was doing a Sean Payton search to see if there was any news about Sean Payton. And I stumbled across some... I didn't know what blog it was before I clicked on it. And I started reading it. And all the hate spewing out of this dude who writes some blog. And at first I thought it was a Vikings blog. Because the whole Bounty Gate just... They Saints cheated. The, the Saints have been cheated way more than they have cheated, if that makes any sense. Give me a break. 
I don't care. I mean, Bounty, everybody was doing that kind of stuff. It's just the Saints happened to win the Super Bowl that year, and the Saints got caught. It's like, you know, NFL hates the Saints. Well, no, a lot of other teams, fans hate the Saints. The NFL doesn't hate the Saints. But I'm digressing so early on a Friday morning. Anyway, that that blog, it, it ended up being when I finally realized, I don't know, it was about probably 16 paragraphs in before I realized, oh, this is an Atlanta Falcons fan. Oh, well, you got a lot of hate in your heart if you're a Falcons fan because y'all can't win Jack, okay? At least the Saints have a Super Bowl. They won four division titles in a row. The Falcons, I got to say, I mean, who would you rather be? And I, throw your biases at us. That's hard to do. But throw your biases to the side for just a moment. Let's be realistic. Would you rather be a Falcons fan right now or a Saints fan? I mean, the Saints have a lot of work to do, and they might stink again next year, but the Falcons are always going to stink. They're never going to be, I mean, sure, they get, oh, we got your Super Bowl. We've been to the NFC Championship. Who cares? You don't win Jack. How many banners you got hanging in your in your team facility? Banners that count, by the way. Who cares? They're just they're haters. I mean, at least the Cowboys have banners that. I mean, they might be dusty. They got to beat them with a broom to get all that funk off of them. You can't read them because they've been up hanging up so long. But at least the Cowboys have banners. Falcons, you ain't got. You got to use banners from division titles and conference championships, and there's not a lot of those either. Goody for you. You get drummed. You either get drummed when you got to the Super Bowl, or you had a twenty-eight to three lead and you blew it. How's that? Take that, Falcons fans. Bounty Gate. Give me a break. But you didn't come here to listen about Bounty Gate. You came here to listen about the NFC and AFC Championship games, Sean Payton, and a little Saints talk mixed in, and that's what we're going to have. We will talk a little Pelicans uh, with Jeff Duncan, but very briefly. And also there's a shot, um, a a tease to one of the best shots, maybe the best shot I've ever seen live, certainly the best shot I've ever broadcasted, I think. Maybe not the best, not the most important shot. I had a crazy shot in a 4A state championship game about seven, eight years ago. Remember Keaton Thompson? Um, played at Landry Walker back in the day. He's a great football player, but he also played basketball. Hit a hit a game winning shot in sorry Jake Harlan in the Salmon Spartans. Yeah, he hit a game winner. And then I had last year um, St. Paul's was playing Zachary. Zachary trailed throughout the entire game, and a three point shot for Zachary at the buzzer. Um, that was those two were more important. But I had an 80-foot shot that uh, you won't be able to see, obviously, on this audio-only recording. And I thought about taking it out, but I'm going to leave it in so you can hear how crazy I get sometimes. I end, I love covering high school sports, and I get into it. And the reason why I get into it is because these kids get into it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. That'll, that'll all come up with Jeff Duncan in just a moment. And then Uncle Big Nick and I have our best bets of the weekend. Um, he's going a little crazy with his best bet. Got a parlay going on. Uh, we'll see how that works out for him. But uh, we'd spend a lot of time talking about Sean Payton. And like I said in the in the intro, you know, 
hey, I'll toot my own horn every now and then because, you know, even uh, sunshine's on a dog's ass every now and then. And, hey, I think it's, I think it's sunny outside. It's a little chilly. Sun's outside. Uh, I don't know. Might want to stay away from Mandeville this morning. Um, yeah, Sean Payton looks like he's going back to Fox. He's interviewing with Arizona. I've said it a hundred times. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't see him coaching in Arizona. I don't think Sean Payton wants to coach in Arizona. I'm not sure that the compensation would be right. Why would Sean Payton want to go to Arizona with, A, not only does he prop, Kyler Murray doesn't really fit Sean Payton's kind of scheme, but Kyler Murray's not even going to play for probably half the year next year. So, I mean, that's a no-win situation in the very near future. And honestly, I don't think Arizona's going to be any good anytime soon. So even with Sean Payton, I don't care who goes there. That's that's not a place that's going to win anytime soon. Um, and beyond that, I've talked about this before, the Bidwells. I understand Sean Payton has a semi-relationship with the Bidwells, but I, don't, I can't see him wanting to go there. And then Denver, still a possibility. But uh, again, we've talked about comments, compensation. Even if Sean Payton wants to go there and work with Russell Wilson again, I'm not sure that it works out the way for the Saints that it needs to work out. Do you want the 31st pick of the draft or the 30th pick of the draft or the 29th pick of the draft? I doubt it. I mean, that's not the compensation you're looking for when you're talking about Sean Payton. So you might as well hold on to that ace of spades until next year. Because next year there's a good chance the Dallas job could open up. The Los Angeles Chargers job might open up. The New Orleans Saints job might open up. And any three of those jobs is by far better than anything that's left available. We'll see. Talk about that again with Jeff Duncan as we do every Friday morning, at least through football season here on Friday, Friday's Datitude. Um, in fact, we're going to get into it now. We, uh, we didn't talk quite as long as we have been the past few weeks, but a great conversation nonetheless. We get into all things... And look, if you've been watching the live show and then you come back, God bless you. We love you. Datitude has really been growing again. And I don't know. It's so weird. It's like during the season, we might not have done as well as I would have hoped or loved or whatever. But the Saints are done. And now it's like more people want to listen again. I don't, I don't get it. But God bless you no matter whenever you listen because we are thrilled to have you. And we're thrilled that the pod is growing. So let's get to Mr. Duncan and uh, we'll uh, get to Uncle Big Nick after that. Jeff Duncan, I cannot wait to eat that king cake from the place of my choosing. I have not chosen yet, but yeah. last week, in case, um, for those of you that were here, Mr. Duncan and I made a little, we're not on different sides all that often, but last week, he had the Dallas Cowboys, and I had the San Francisco 49ers. Dunk, I'm not sure why anyone would bet Dallas to go to a championship game, like, ever. I was feeling good until Dak Prescott turned into a pumpkin on me and uh, started throwing the ball in the wrong jersey. That, that, that's when things went awry. Yeah. You didn't feel- expect that to happen? I thought it might. Yeah, I thought it might. I was, we talked about it. I, I was worried about it, but my goodness. I mean, they, that was a winnable game for them. They've got to figure that out. I don't know how they're going to figure it out, but uh, I owe you a king cake. I'm, I'm not a welcher on bets. I will definitely. I know you, you aren't. You come through with whatever you want. I'm willing to buy it. Matter of fact, I could use. I might. There might be a one slice missing though when it arrives at your house. 
<laughs> that might be one slice. Well, it won't be from Dong Fong, so I'm just saying. Not that I have anything against Dong Fong. I just think it's average. I don't get all the hype. That's that's whole other story. Anyone who's listening to this pod or watch this live knows that I think that uh, Dong Fong is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's a cinnamon roll with butter on top. Other than that, it's it's just fun. Not that's that there's good anything wrong. They're, they're not cheap. Dong Fong's not cheap, so well, that doesn't mean I'm I can find one that that cost you a little bit. Take a little bit out of that book proceeds that uh, that you that you uh, have soon. All right, let's get into let's let's get with the small talk and talk about football. And we're going to talk this morning. We're going to spend uh, part of the morning talking about Payton. We're going to talk. Obviously, we're going to give our predictions on the NFC and AFC championship games. We are going to talk uh, a little bit about the Pelicans, and I have a little. I have something that I want to show later. We can talk about this, Jeff Duncan, but um, Gary, by the way, says Kaluta's is the best. I don't know Kaluta's. I oh, I've heard. Try that. Gary, I've heard they're really good, and I've not had them either. So, Tara wants a king cake delivered to Pensacola. Okay. Oh, I mean, that's you got to make a bet with Jeff Duncan. And yeah, you got you got to lose a bet to me, which might not be hard right now. All right, Deborah says. Sean Payton's coming back to the New Orleans Saints. Um, I'm not really so. sure. At least not this year. <laughs> Gary and Harahan is uh, watching this morning. We thank you. Uh, and Thelma is also praying for the Sean Payton to come back to the Saints. All right. That's a good segue. Let's get into Sean Payton first. Um, also, by the way, I didn't finish saying what I was going to say. I have a little treat for – maybe not. It's not a treat, but I had a play. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm also uh, – a broadcaster, a sports broadcaster uh, on the side. And I do a lot of high school games, a little bit of college. In fact, Loyola baseball on Saturday on Varsity Sports Now. But I had a play dunk, an 80-foot shot on uh, Wednesday night. And so Whoa. I'm going to share it here on Datitude as we go into the Pelicans. That's later in the show. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. It, I, I, I think everybody – it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. I went crazy. So, But let's get into Sean Payton and, you know, I think you and I were the first to, to say this because I think we both agreed. I think that it was at least three, maybe four weeks ago when we talked about how we both thought that it was more likely than not. I mean, we weren't saying there's 80, 90%, but now I think it's 80, 90%. But I think we were the ones that were saying there was a better chance than not that Sean Payton was not going to coach this year because if the situation wasn't right for both Sean Payton for the team that he wanted to go to, and they wanted him. But then it's also Mickey Loomis who holds all the cards in this thing. If all those things didn't, it's kind of like snow in New Orleans. If all the things aren't favorable, it's not going to happen. Just because, you know, all we heard for the all we've heard for the past two weeks is, well, Sean Payton would want to go here because, you know, the Denver people want him because they have all this money. Well, that's great, but that's only half of it. If the Saints don't get back what they want to get back, None of this happens, and I think that's kind of where we're going right now. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I mean, you know, the, he was at Arizona yesterday. It, it sounds like that meeting went well. He was there six hours. I, I'll still be surprised if Arizona hires him. I think, you know, they've been in the market. What I heard for Arizona was, uh, you know, kind of a divided uh you know, front office ownership group on either Vance Joseph, who's a Louisiana native. Shaw? Yeah. Archbishop Shaw. High School. New Orleans native, right. Or uh, Brian Flores. So those were the two front runners going into yesterday. Now, maybe Sean Payton changed that. 
maybe he unified the, the front there and they make a play for him. But Sean's salary demands, and I don't think he's a huge, huge fan of Kyler Murray. So just to me, it would be a long shot for him to end up there. But I think their timing's good because if his market has dried up the way everyone's saying, then, you know, he might might want to get back into coaching bad enough to make that work. But I don't think so. I think in the end he goes back to Fox. Uh, I guess the best way I would say uh, to describe it, J.D., and I think people are a little confused on it, he went into the this process leaning toward going back to Fox. That, that was where he was at yeah. going into it. So it was going to take a really incredible offer or something too good to turn down to get him off that. And, and it, nothing has materialized. So, you know, I think people thought once he started interviewing that that was showing his interest in wanting to get back into coaching, which it obviously he does, but not with these teams. And there are plenty of other teams in the league that have the resources and interests to hire Sean Payton. They're just not in the coaching market right now. Just because he he doesn't land a coaching job in this go-round doesn't mean that no one in the league wants to hire Sean Payton. It's just not a real good match right now with the teams that have openings and what Sean Payton's looking for as well. It's a complicated situation, and Sean knew that going into it. That's why I think he was leaning to staying at Fox. I, I completely agree, and we've talked about it. By the way, Thelma, thanks for saying you're a Team Datitude fan. You're on the team. If you want to be on Team Datitude, we'll, we'll gladly welcome you in. We do this every Friday, 9, 15 a.m., at least through the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to be doing this. And then Duncan and I are both going to be kind of going our separate ways for a little bit. We'll be back uh, probably around draft time talking about it. Datitude's not going anywhere. We may take a little bit of a break. But remember, you can catch Datitude wherever you find your podcast. We've got 134 of these past episodes. This is number 135. We've got some great conversations. Uh, Duncan and I talked to Mickey Loomis in the summer. Uh, I had Jim Mora on the show. I've had Dale Brown on the show. So we've, we've had Ricky Jackson was on it. Uh, we've had some, some great guests here on Datitude. I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful that uh, through almost a year and a half now of doing the show, we've had some really good shows. Um, so, look, here, here's my thoughts on, on where Sean Payton is. I think, you know, it gets talked about a lot, but not so much when you're in the moment. Um, I think, look, if you look at where he wants to go, you talked about Kyle Murray. He's not thrilled with Kyle Murray. He wants to go somewhere where a quarterback is established, okay? Or he has at least a young quarterback that he can get something similar to what he had with Drew Brees. Or and I, I think, think it's an open quarterback situation. He, he'll have or to open. get a quarterback, you know? Fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree totally. So this is what I think, and it leads into this comment. Ben writes, Cowboys in 2024. I think that the leading candidates for Sean Payton services are either Dallas in 2024, which means, you know, after the 2023 season is over. If Dallas has another season like this one, or maybe a little bit worse, and their schedule is going to be tougher. They had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL this year. If Dallas doesn't take a step forward, and I know Jeff Duncan's a huge Mike McCarthy fan, so he's probably not going to agree with me. But Jerry Jones has been drooling over Sean Payton for years and years. If he gets a chance to bring in Sean Payton, I think he's going to. Or I think actually a more likely scenario is the Chargers are not going to stay with their clown. At, I'm shocked that they stuck with that guy. 
I think Staley is an awful coach, okay? I think that's actually a more likely situation. Sean Payton with Justin Herbert, I think, could be a great match. And I think that the Chargers are actually set up to be really good over the next five to seven years. If the Chargers don't take a huge step forward, I easily could see Sean Payton going to the Chargers. And then there's the possibility, Dunk, although slight as it may be, there is the possibility that he comes back to New Orleans and coaches the Saints. Again, slight. Don't get your hopes up. I don't think that's a long shot at all, in my opinion. Okay. But, I mean, look, things would have to go sideways here with Dennis Allen. Nobody wants to see that. So, uh, you know, but if it did bottom out. Uh, yeah, I didn't say I'm rooting against the end. I don't understand where this is coming. Sean Payton is willing and open to come back to New Orleans. Just, it's not going to happen right now. They got a coach, but the thought that he wouldn't come back, get that out of your head. Yes, he would. I know he would. So, uh, I don't know how many. But you've times. already said, Dunk. You've already said in, in past shows that had he that had the door been open this year, that this would have been his first choice. That he yes. that, that if Mickey would have been willing to lose Dennis Allen after a year, which isn't Mickey Loomis's style, that he probably would have come back here. Yes, no doubt in my mind, hundred percent. There's only so many places that Sean Payton's going to be the right fit. I think that's what we found out in this coaching cycle is that, you know, there's some there's some general managers out there that are going to be intimidated by Sean Payton. He's a, he's a presence, man. I mean, this is a guy that wants a lot of control. Uh, it's the same reason why a lot of organizations weren't a right fit for Bill Parcells. doesn't mean they're wrong. It doesn't mean Bill Parcells is wrong or Sean Payton's wrong. It's just not the right fit in how they want to structure their organization. But Sean knows the Saints. They know him. And that fit would certainly be viable. Uh, but they have a head coach right now. It, it, the timing was not good this year. Uh, and Dennis Allen's going to get another year to, to right the ship. Now, he's going to have to make progress. I mean, 7 and 10 is not going to cut it. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. Uh, the one thing I'm a little just, you know, I was talking to some friends yesterday about this. The one thing I have, I have a little pause on with the organization since Sean Payton left and that was what, how they handled the quarterback in the offseason. The fact that they went all in to try and get Deshaun Watson, then didn't seem to have a great backup plan. They settle on Jameis Winston as a backup, but they pay him $14 million. They bail on him after two or three games. It was just a bizarre situation all the way around. And if I'm a Saints fan, a dire Saints fan, I would be concerned with what the vision was there. Uh, I think that's one thing you can say for sure. Sean Payton would have had a better plan for how they were going to handle quarterback. Do you think that Mickey stand, steps in and takes more? And look, Mickey's kind of a GM where he trusts his coach. I mean, I, I, and I don't know how much more he may have stepped in. And if we can get him on in the offseason again, it's a question I would ask. But Mickey's a guy that trusts his coach, his trust his coaches, and trusts their opinions. So do you think that maybe this is a situation this offseason where Maybe he steps in a little bit more and says, you know what, I'm going to take a larger role in the selection of the next quarterback. Yeah, that's a good point, J.D., and I think that very much could be the case this offseason. I think the Saints like Andy Dalton a lot. I know they do. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be the guy, but I, I would not be shocked that he's back here in some oh, role, man. back up or something. Can't do it. But they like him a lot, and and I think he likes being in New Orleans a lot. So now, now I'm not sure he's going to be the starter, but they paid him Can't only $3 million last year. That's 
that's rock bottom by starting NFL quarterback standards. They're not going to get him back for that. So that's where I start to wonder with their cap limitations, if, say, Derek Carr were a possibility, can you afford to that pay Andy, Andy going. five or six million as a backup? That's what they were paying uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and then still pay Carr. I, I don't know if they've got the money to do that. So they're a little bit of a bind here financially. I, I can't I can't do another season of Andy Dalton. I really can't. I mean, it's it, it's certainly better than Trevor Simeon, no question about that. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I think Andy Dalton's better than, but I, I, I don't have enough material. I mean, there's only so many ways I can say the things that I said. I like Andy Dalton. I think he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a wonderful family man, but he's going to be 36 years old next year. I, I just I, I can't do it. So that leads me to... Derek Carr, and I'm glad you brought it up on your own because I have seen the odds shrink a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and I'm hearing more grumblings about Derek Carr, and I actually, I know a lot of people are like, no, no, no. I think Derek Carr would be a great fit in New Orleans. I think he would be a huge upgrade over anything the Saints have had since Drew Brees have left. Now, it hasn't been that long. But I think Drew, I think uh, that Derek Carr could come in here and be a quarterback that is a guy that's here for five to seven years because he's still young enough to start over again with another franchise and be a really good quarterback. Yeah, I wonder a little bit about them giving up on him so quickly, Josh McDaniels. But people do that and make mistakes. So, uh, it wasn't his style I, of a quarterback. I agree with you, though, too, though. I mean, he would definitely be an upgrade. There's absolutely no doubt. Uh, I'm interested to see if there is obviously a connection there because of Dennis Allen's uh, history with him. But uh, the Saints have to do something to upgrade that position. Uh, we've talked about it. This team's good enough to win, you know, be close to a 500 team without great quarterback play. But if they can just get decent quarterback play in this division where Tom Brady's probably going to be leaving Tampa Bay, Atlanta still hasn't settled their quarterback situation, neither is Carolina. The division's still kind of wide open if they can fix that one position, I think. I agree wholeheartedly, and I think that the Saints still are in a position to be able to compete. And here's why I think that Derek Carr is going to be one of your best fits. I think that you got to go find a way to get either Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion. I, I just I think you have to, and the reason being now, now that the Sean Payton thing has looked more and more like it's not going to happen, the Saints can't wait and find a, a, a guy that's going to come in and quarterback right away in the second round or later. They're not going to be in the mix for – any, you know, they're not going to pick until the second round. That, that you can't wait that long to try to try to draft a quarterback that can come in. I'm not saying you can't find a quarterback that can start for you at some point in the near future, but I'm talking about if you have any hopes to be competitive in 2023, they're going to have to find a way. And as cap strapped as they are, they'll find ways to do it. That's one thing the Saints are better at than anyone else. You can't keep kicking the can down the road. We've talked about that. So, but uh, bringing in a Derek Carr or a Garoppolo. They're going to have to, I think they have to find a way if they want to be competitive because they're just not going to find a quarterback in the draft. Nobody gets lucky like the Niners and got Brock Purdy, who was the last player picked in the draft, who they didn't expect to play. So I think that's where you are right now, Duncan. Even if you get a Hendon Hooker or a Stephen Bennett, and I'm not sure that's, that's a player that's going to be able to come in and start right away, especially not Hendon Hooker, who's probably going to be out for most of next year with his ACL injury. Yeah, we don't even know, you know, it's just now starting kind of the draft process. Next week is the Senior Bowl. Certainly Jeff Ireland and his staff are familiar with the college prospects, but 
this coaching staff and front office otherwise is just now dipping their toes in the water on the on the draft. So uh, we've got a long way to go before we even know if they like anybody in the draft or if there's someone they really value. That'll play out over the next few months. But I think even if they do go that direction, uh, JD, I don't. I I think they have to have a bridge guy like yeah. we're talking about. Uh, you know, just to fall back on. I think the key is going to be what they do here in the next few weeks leading up to the start of free agency, the start of the league year. Uh, there's going to be a lot of roster purging going on. This team has to clear cap room. There's going to be a lot. You know, the way these contracts are are uh, structured, there's a lot of roster bonuses tied. If you're on the roster at the start of the league year, the team owes you X amount of dollars. Uh, right. We've seen the one that's already been reported about Mike Thomas, 30-something million dollars that they commit to him if he's on the roster February 17th. Well, they're not going to pay that. So they're either going to have to tr- trade him, release him, or restructure his deal before that date. So there's a lot of that stuff going to be going on, uh, including players that will be kept casualties who I predict will be like Jameis Winston, Andres Pete. Uh, names of that caliber that probably won't be back here next year as this team transitions uh, into this offseason. This is going to be one of the craziest offseasons, not just for the Saints, but I think all over the league. You're going to see a lot of big names cut. You're going to be like, what? People who don't understand how the cap works and exactly what you talked about, if you're going to not going to pay someone, you're going to have to cut them by X date in March. I don't remember exactly what the date is, but it's sometime in March. And, and you know, that's going to happen. You're going to have, there's going to be a lot of shockers this year. Jim Day and Jeff Duncan here as we are every Friday morning. We're going to be cutting it a little bit shorter than normal. We're not going to go to 10:15 like we normally do. We're going to be cutting it off somewhere around 10. There are some things <clears throat> that we want to get to. So if you want to comment or ask a question, do it now. you got about 15 minutes uh, probably before we uh, stop taking questions. Jerry says he doesn't want to see Carr in New Orleans. What are your options, Jerry? I mean – I know Jerry doesn't want Andy Dalton back at quarterback, so and I and you've been a regular long enough to know that. I mean, you just have limited options. I mean, it's it's not like okay, uh, I want Joe Burrow to be the Saints quarterback. Oh, so does everybody else. I mean, you know that that's that's great in theory. I don't. You can't. First of all, Tom Brady would never come here. I don't think at this point. But I mean, do you want a guy like Tom Brady to be forty six years old next year? I mean, what are your options? There aren't a ton of options. You sure you can go the same route the Saints went this year and bring in an Andy Dalton type of quarterback for $3, 4000000 million. But you might as well keep Andy Dalton if you're going to do that. I mean, because he was productive enough to know where you, what you're going to get. I mean, Dunk, we've said it a thousand times. I mean, you not as much as me, but you can take Andy Dalton's stat line from 14 out of 17 games in a season, and it's the same stat line that he said every game in his career. He's not going to kill you, but he's not going to do anything spectacular either. So if you go out – and get some shop, you know, if you bargain hunt, you go to the dollar store for a quarterback, you're going to get the same thing, just in a yeah, different you know, game. I compare Dalton to, say, Gardner Minshew, right? I heard a lot of people going, oh, we want Gardner Minshew. We want Gardner Minshew. You know, you hear a lot of people. I'd rather have any Dalton. And then, well, then, then when you saw Minshew against the Saints, right, a really good defense, a great pass defense, right? you saw his limitations, right? Correct. Couldn't make a play to save Correct. his life. So, that's that's what you get when you get a quarterback of that kind of ilk that's more of a backup. They can come in, they can manage the offense, but when they get against somebody good, 
you got to be able to make plays there, and um, you know that's what really mm-hmm. mean where Andy Dalton uh, is exposed is when they play good teams and also when they need it. Uh, he had so many games this year. How many times did we hear Dennis Allen say, "We got to learn how to finish games, finish games"? You know that cliche. Well, Every I mean week. the quarterback is responsible for that. You got to get a couple first downs when the team team knows it. You got to put the Bengals away when you got a chance. You got to put Tom Brady away when you got the chance. That also falls on the offense to control the ball when they get it, uh, not just the defense to stop Brady. You get the ball back outside, and Brady, uh, uh, Dalton could not do it. He could not, not come through. If I had to hear one more time, either A, we've got to get better, or B, bitching about the refs in, in his own little Dennis Allen way, I was going to go insane. I, I, at least that was one thing about going on a winning streak towards the end of the season. I didn't have to hear that anymore. <laughs> I couldn't take that. It was, we've got to get better. Well, well no shit, you got to get better. I mean, I'm so, pardon my French, but no, I mean, come on, you got to get better. Well, no, let's keep going. We're four and eight. Okay, no kidding. You got to get better. Uh, it just, it boggles the mind these coach speak things and come up with something new. Give, give me some attitude. Well, he got better at that. I think DA did figure Maybe that out. a little. But he's trying to own it. I respect that. He's got to own it. He's not make... The thing that worried me a little bit was one of the things, and I hate to keep going back to Sean Payton. I, you know, I sound like the, the, the PR man for Sean. But the one thing I respected the most, and I've told you this before on this program, he, he never, very rarely made excuses. He, he wouldn't allow his team to lean on that crutch of injuries or we had to get evacuated by a hurricane. To me, you know, that was one of his strengths was in, in adversity, he rallied the troops. So you just didn't – look, now privately he may complain about a call or an official, but publicly he wasn't going to allow his team to lean on that crutch. And that's something I saw seeping into the Saints this year that I didn't like. I write a blog about it, Cat. That's a whole different story. Uh, and a little inside joke. All right, let's uh, move on a little bit because, uh, again, we've only got about another 15 to 18 minutes want to get your comments in. And if you want to make predictions for the games this week, we'll, we'll welcome those as well. But we got to move on because I do want to talk about basketball for three or four minutes before we go off the show. NFC, AFC championship games. Um, I think, you know, the lines makers obviously think that this is going to be one of the closest championship weekends. I don't know how we get any closer than we got last year. I don't know if you know this, Dunk. I've said it a couple of times now. But it is only Last year was only the second time in NFL championship game history dating back to 1970, to where they had both games were within a field goal or less. It's going to be hard to repeat history. So even though the lines makers think both of these games are going to be within a field goal, I think one of them is going to be a little bit more of a blowout than the other. And I'm not, blowout's not the right word. I think one of them is going to have a, a little larger disparity, I guess. Maybe a touchdown, maybe 10-point difference. Right. I think we agree on which game that's going to be. I'm going to let you say it first. Well, I think the best uh, bet of the weekend uh, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, I just think mentally, and look, I get, I'm guilty of this as someone, uh, you know, I'm not a, a big sports better at all, but I do write a betting column. Uh, and I've been actually pretty successful this year with my picks. I was, I was yeah. not last week, as you pointed out, to start the program. But one thing I lean on a lot in, in covering the league for a long time is kind of the intangibles and, and motivation and underdog. Maybe that's the years of covering Peyton because he, he fed into that mind game stuff. And I just feel like Kansas City comes into this game with the intangibles all on their side. People 
counting them out, pointing out they lost three in a row to the to Burrow and the Bengals in the last year, and Mahomes is hurt, and, and they're at home, which is one of the most difficult places to play in the league. I just feel like that crowd's going to be into it, and I feel like maybe that the offensive line issues that the Bengals had, which were not a factor, I have to say, against Buffalo. I mean, they played well up front. It was amazing to me how well those backup linemen played. But sometimes that comes back the next week and gets exposed. So we'll see. But I, I love the Chiefs in this game. I, I think they can win this game by double digits. Can, can you, you can do that, right? Do an alternate line. You can. Yeah, yeah like get a I, better price on that. I think putting like 50 bucks on the Chiefs minus 10, you, you might get good odds. It might be a good bet. Um, I'm not going to switch off my screen here, but if I had to guess what that would be, probably in the plus 300 range. At a, at my, so you could bet 150 bucks to win 150 if you wanted to do that. Um, look, I, this is my best bet, and I'm going to talk about all my best bets uh, with Uncle Big Nick after this on the regular pod. I had my monologue, and then Uncle Big Nick and I get together and we give our best bets of the week. Um, but... I do think if one game is going to be a blowout, if this makes any sense, I think the Chiefs had the best chance to do exactly what Jeff Duncan said. Patrick Mahomes has been hearing all week how he's hurt and how this, you know, Joe Burrow is on a roll. Yeah, he's on a roll. That's great. But I agree with Dunk. The number one thing is what you said about the offensive line. It didn't come into play last week. But who likes to blitz more than Steve Spagnuolo? I think I think that it is going to be a factor this week. I think that Joe Burrow is going to get sacked five, six, seven times. And I look, I want Cincinnati to win. I've got a big future on them. I got a future on Cincinnati and San Francisco that I bought back in October. So by all means, I got a plus nine hundred. Please win, Bengals win. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Patrick Mahomes has got something to prove, and I think Mr. Kelsey is going to get involved big. And I love. I'd love to hear what you think about this, but the way that Isaiah Pacheco, this rookie, is running the football right now, I think he's going to be a star in this league. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a – he's a stud, man. He I is. thought about him last week. I thought, boy, he'd look good in a Saints uniform. You'd feel a lot better, wouldn't you, about Alvin Kamara's off-field issues? If you had him yeah. to be your lead back, he'd fit in perfectly with the Saints. You Great think? scouting on their part to identify. I've never heard of the guy. Was he Rutgers, I think? Rutgers, yeah. Yeah, just a, no, a no-name guy, great scouting, and you're right. I mean, he, he replaced Clyde Edwards-Alaire midway through the season. They've been a different offense, and I agree with you. I don't know if there's individual prop bets, but that's a good one, I think. He would, yeah. Totally awesome. Yeah, that's actually one of my prop bets, and there's a bet right now at Caesars. I think it's over 69.5 rushing yards and to score a touchdown as 5-1. to one. And I think wow. that's a really good bet. So I like that one a lot. Also, like, if you just want to, don't want to bet a parlay and you don't want to bet a, uh, like that, I think you bet his over under rushing yards. I think it's 47 and a half or something like that. And I like that as well because I think they're going to, you're going to see a healthy dose of Isaiah Pacheco in this game. Um, remember, I don't know if you remember this, but about 10 years ago, you gave me a little tip going into the fantasy football season. And you're like, you got to draft this David Johnson guy. And I, like, I, I didn't know who David Johnson was from going into college. Someone among your ilk told me that I needed to draft Isaiah Pacheco this year, and boy, were they right. I mean, so, you know, I know everybody loves Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and, you know, so do I. I mean, he helped LSU win a national championship, but I think Isaiah Pacheco's got that starting role, and Kansas City is going to, I think, begin to transition or run the ball a little bit more. We'll see in future seasons, and it's going to be him. 
Yeah, like here's the other thing I would say. Uh, look, I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow to me is the closest thing we've seen since. Correct. Drew I mean, he's a winner. He lifts up everybody on that team uh, in the clutch. He's so cool and poised. Reminds me so much of Breeze, and he wears that number because of Breeze. We all know. But I just feel like it, the law of averages at some point, he's got to have a little bit of a down game. I mean, he's thrown eight touchdowns and no interceptions in three games against KC. KC's pass defense has improved this year. I think your point about Spagnolo and, and the pass rush will get after him a little more. And I just feel like it, at some point it levels out. You regress to the mean. He can't keep throwing up these absurd numbers. And I think what you said earlier before we came on air was a really key point. Kansas City hasn't gone into this series in this situation in the past. They've always been kind of heavily favored, uh, yep. they're overdogs, if you will. And I'm not saying they're underdogs, but a lot of people are doubting them in this game. And the, the uh, American public is talking about how that Joe Burrow's had the edge in this series. And I just think Patrick Mahomes, the way he reacted last week to that injury, you could see he wanted this. He did not want to miss any of these games. This guy said, on- "No way." Yeah. You could read his lips on the sideline. Yeah, he's on a mission, man. I guarantee you I he's spending extra time in film study this week. That guy, and we don't see that very often. They've been, they've been, you know, the, the favorites in the AFC for three or four years now. This is a perfect time for a team like them kind of getting counted out a little bit to rise up and put, put the game together. And in some ways, look, if they win this game, it might be the worst thing because then they've had their huge – emotional game and I know they're going to the Super Bowl but it might be hard to get back up again even though I know it's the Super Bowl that seems crazy but you put everything into a to a championship game like that it might be a time to go against them in the Super Bowl we got a comment we don't get a lot of Twitter comments because you have to actually tag me at Jim Derry Jr. if you want to tag me on Twitter to get on the show uh, which is great you can do that uh, tag me at Jim Derry Jr. that's where I reside we've got a comment from his name on Twitter is get D.A. Pete Carmichael on Andy out of my face. That's his Twitter name. Okay, he says, as long as he's not the starter, meaning Andy Dalton, he says, I'm good. And then Joe Horn's cell phone has posted some interesting notes from, from Datitude. He says he wouldn't, that we said we wouldn't be surprised to see Andy Dalton back in some capacity. No, Jeff Duncan said that. I would be surprised if Andy Dalton's back in any shit. I, I have lost a little. I'm, I'm going to be nice. I would be surprised if Andy Dalton is back in any capacity. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so I would you only be gotta... stunned if Jameis Winston's back. Stunned. Oh, so would I, which is ridiculous. That's a whole nother story. If you want to hear me rant on about Jameis Winston slash Andy Dalton, go find Datitude on any podcast site that you use, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and go back and find, like, episode, I don't know, 108, I'm just guessing, 109, 110, 111, and go on from there. I have plenty to say on the whole Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton thing. I, I don't, I Duncan doesn't agree with me, but I'm telling you, somewhere, somehow, we're not going to get into this, he pissed somebody off. It is the only logical explanation that Jameis Winston didn't get another chance to, to, to play again. Again, a whole other story. We'll, we'll talk about that in the offseason because now I'm starting to get riled up, Jeff Duncan. we got to talk about the NFC Championship game, San Francisco and Philadelphia. This is my best bet, okay? I'm giving a spoiler alert to anyone who's listening on the regular pod, the audio-only version of this. 
Um, I'm giving a spoiler alert. I think I said in August, I said in September, I said in October, I said in November, I said in December, and I'm going to say it again in January. The San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFL. And I know that people have these, this recency bias, and they watched last week, and the 49ers struggled with Dallas. People don't realize how good Dallas's defense really is. Right. And people talk about how great Philly's defense is. Their run defense actually kind of stinks. And San Francisco is like a chameleon. They can do whatever they want. They're going to get a healthy, healthy dose of Christian McCaffrey, who's not nearly as hurt as everybody thinks he is, Elijah Mitchell, who's not nearly as hurt as everybody thinks he is, and Debo Samuel. And as long as Brock Purdy doesn't make mistakes, I think San Francisco's going to win this football game. I'm with you. Uh, I love the Niners in this game. I think a big key for the Niners, I wrote about this in my column, is uh, they've got to be solid against the run with Philly. I mean, I think they'll try to shut down that Philly running game and make them one-dimensional. And that's the one thing that Philly has done this year. I have to give them credit, Howie Roseman, the front in the front office. Oh, he's a phenomenal GM. They did a great job. They, they brought in A.J. Brown. They got him in a trade. Obviously, they got Devontae Smith the year before. They've got weapons. And if you go back to last year, at the start of last season, San Francisco went in to Philly and beat Philly. Low-scoring yep. game. Jalen Hurts really couldn't do much once they, you know, they, they really stuck to the ground game. He ran a lot in that game. They couldn't pass the ball, but they didn't have Smith or Brown in that game. They've got better weapons on the perimeter now. Uh, and they've obviously got a great offensive line. But San Francisco, I think, is number two in the league in run defense. they got the best defense overall in the league, and they lead the league in interceptions. They've had four in the playoffs. So if they get Jalen Hurts into these one-dimensional passing situations, that's not going to be good for Philly. I think eventually he makes a mistake, and I think that's where San Francisco can win this game. I don't, I don't have a feel for the total at all. I don't know if it's going to be. I like the over, actually. Yeah. Not I don't everybody like likes the under. I think yeah, it's going I, I would lean game. toward the over if I were leaning, yeah. Yeah, most of the sharps and especially everyday Joe Q public and Aunt Mabel, they all like the under in this game. And I just, I think there's going to be scored because I think Jalen Hurts may have a little success earlier. Um, but I think as the game wears on, and one thing that San Francisco maybe is better at than anyone else is, they are so physically dominant that through the course of four quarters, it's the reason why they're so good in the second half of ball games. They just wear you out. And I think as good as Philly's offensive line is, they haven't seen the kind of pressure that they're going to get. I don't necessarily think that Jalen Hurts is going to be forced to be one-dimensional, but I think he's going to get hit quite a bit. And I think after you get hit that many times, don't you go sit in the locker room at halftime after you got punched in the ribs like four or five times, it starts to wear on you a little bit. And I agree with you. He's going to make a second-half mistake that he hasn't made in the past. Yeah, and, they, you know, those linebackers, San Francisco, I mean, they're as good as they're anybody. Really league, good. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. They're Fred Warner. Yeah. You know, they can go sideline to sideline, and uh, they're going to be a key in this game, not only uh, in the running game and controlling Hurts, but also, I think, in the passing game. We saw Warner last week. I mean, get what is he, 25 yards downfield, breaking yeah. up a – a key right. pass. I mean, that guy's a, a pro bowler for a reason. So I just feel like they're they're also in uh, look, Suriani's done a great job this year. Kudos to him. But Kyle Shanahan might be the best coach in the league right now. I agree I wholeheartedly. Like you talked about how they how they, you know, wear teams down the second half. He's he that's by design, and they also adjust as the game goes on. They did a great job adjusting to Dallas last week. 
And all they needed in that game was like that one touchdown drive. It was such a tight game. It's what's what it took. And Brock Purdy came through, man. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. I don't think the, the stage is going to be too big for him. Uh, and I just think it's they're going to be in a game like this. If they get the lead, I think it can the pressure will invert onto Philly. I've been to games there. Philly fans are crazy passionate. Yeah. But they 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 turn. They get anxiety ridden, yes. and it puts pressure on the home team. It's it's a weird dynamic, but it happens there. And if San Francisco gets up and gets control, yeah, I can see Hurts making a mistake. All right, I got to get some props, Chapa. He says, can San Francisco and KC's in the Super Bowl? We welcome you in. Thanks for joining us on Datitude. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think, uh, you know, I think Philly may take a lead. Um, and then that's the perfect time. If you want to wait and you're not as sure as I am, because if Philly takes a lead, this line could go to like six and a half or seven. Yep. And you get a great money line on San Francisco. If Philly goes down the field and scores, even if it's a field goal early on, if you get San Francisco live at a better money line than right now, they're plus, 20, plus 122, great value on that. All right, we got to move on because um, we have got uh, – Jeff Duncan's got some things to do this morning. Uh, I do as well. So we're going to cut it off right around 10, maybe a little after 10. But I want to show you, Jeff Duncan, and show our Datitude watchers because our listeners – I'm going to leave this on the, the regular audio pod because I had a little fun uh, Wednesday night calling – the Hammond-St. Paul's game, I do all uh, St. Paul's home games uh, for varsity sports now. I'm also doing Loyola baseball on, uh, on Saturday, which is tomorrow. You know, I lose track of days. Um, but there was a shot, an 80-foot shot made in the uh, St. Paul's-Hammond game by a kid named Lamar Tobias. I thought it should have been on SportsCenter's Top 10, but the least I can do for this kid is put him on Datitude. I'm going to do that here, and if you're listening only, you can imagine in your head what it's like. Here it is. Field. Five seconds. Got to get to somebody. Throws it away instead. And at the buzzer. Oh, my goodness! Holy smokes, Lamar Tobias from 70 feet! Wow. <laughs> wow. It counts. We knew it counts. Let's look at it again. There's the throwaway there. Holy smokes. Boom. What a shot. Nothing but net. Wow. Just wow. Well, I don't think there's any better way to go. <laughs> you don't get those very often, Jeff Duncan. So Hail Marys aren't just for football. What a, what no. a shot. It ended up, we, hit, we, we came back. Net? Nothing but net. And, at, you know, the fun, the cool thing about it is, uh, well, first of all, we had to, we had to, Tell him, I went and talked to him after the game, and it was actually 80, 80 feet, not 70 feet. So I shorted him a little bit. But when we came back from break, we figured out it was 80 feet. But went and talked to him after the game, and I asked him, when did he know that it was going in? And he said, you got to love the confidence of kids. The second it left my hand. <laughs> yeah, right. He said, and he started pulling up. He started pulling up his phone and showing me a couple of his upshots. You know, Dunk, I've, you and I have both been in this business a long time. This is my – I've been in for 32 years now. And I've covered a little bit of everything. I mean, you know, I know you're a, a sports columnist. You get – one of the great things about being a columnist is you get to go around and, and cover whatever you want. You've done some high school things in, in the past. But being a beat writer, I've, I've been able – lucky enough throughout my career to do it all. There's nothing like covering high school. 
I mean, it is not. The kids have so much heart. I love being around those kids, and I love my job. Don't get me wrong. So, Zach, if you're listening, I'm not planning on going anywhere or doing anything else. I love my job now, but I do miss being around kids as much as I was for, for 10 years in a row covering high school sports in New Orleans. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. Yeah, look, when, when I first started in the journalism profession, working my way through college at the University of Louisville, uh, I worked at the Courier-Journal in Louisville, and I remember J.C. Clemens, who actually worked down here he was in, in Louisiana for a while. J.C. was our Cincinnati Reds beat writer, and when the baseball season got done, he came back to Louisville, moved back to Louisville from Cincinnati, and covered girls' high school basketball. And you see, so you really? get back in this, Jim, as a young, you know, college student, my eyes were big on right. being Reds beat writer. I thought that was the coolest thing. And JC used to always tell me, I hate covering the Reds. I love covering girls' high school basketball. And it didn't register with me at the time, but he talked about exactly what you're talking about. The, the athletes love talking to you. You get great access. It's kind of pure sports. It's not You're not dealing with agents and all the other stuff that comes with professional sports. And I'll, I've never forgotten that, and I, I agree with you 100%. The, the lower down you go on the profile, if you will, uh, the better it is for me, at least, and probably for you to cover. You don't get the what do you want kind of attitude or I'm not talking to you today kind of attitude. They, they love talking to you. They love following what you do on, on Twitter. They still follow me. I mean, Jamar Chase still follows me on Twitter. Not that he gives a, a rat's patoot about what I have to say about the Saints or anything or what I'm betting on this week, but he still follows me because I do still – talk about high school sports on my feed from time to time and show clips from like what I showed here and from when he went to Rumble. I, I've known Jamar Chase since he was 14 years old um, and Justin Jefferson as well. I mean, they were high school kids like anybody else and they were fun. They're, they're, those, those dudes are still the same cats. They'll still talk to you. So I'm not talking about that, but uh, you know, there's something about being and being able to cover Leonard Fournette. The first time I ever saw him, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette is clearly, I mean, he's by far. I mean, you can talk about whatever you want now, but Leonard Fournette was the best high school athlete I ever covered in my life, and, and, and I miss it. And you knew that dude was going to be in, in the NFL. I didn't know Justin Jefferson was going to be in the NFL when I covered him at Destrahan, and I certainly didn't know he was going to be the best receiver in football, and Jamar Chase is right up there as well, so one thing you get to watch. So it's, it's, it's cool stuff. I do miss it. All right, three more minutes, Dunk. Let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. And, oh, my goodness, it's been a rough road for them. Six losses in a row. Um, you know, this, this schedule stretch is not helping them at all. But at the same time, and, and you know, B.I.'s coming back now. We don't know when Zion's coming back. They have got to find a way to break out of this funk. I'm not saying they need to go on a – six-game winning streak or an eight-game winning streak, but they got to find a way to win four out of eight, five out of eight, tread water until they can get their guys healthy and get themselves in position where the schedule gets a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're still going to make the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but this is all hurting their seeding at the end of the year, and that will yeah. come into play later. Uh, they got to get this game against Washington. They cannot lose this one. I mean, I thought felt kind of the same way against Minnesota the other night, and they let that one slip away. But that was B.I.'s first game back. I think getting him back in the groove is critical because offensively they're not gelling. I mean, teams have figured out uh, the limitations of the lineup. They just 
focus on C.J. McCollum. Now you've got Brandon Ingram gives them another scoring option to go with McCollum. And uh, man, this but it's still tough. I mean, next week I mean I think they have uh, at Milwaukee and at Denver. I mean those. Yeah, I mean you see the schedule there. It's like they and they got another back to back Saturday and Sunday. They host yeah. the Wizards and then they have to go to Milwaukee on the next the next night. I think it's a night game. I didn't put the time on there. So you host the Wizards and then go. I hate when the NBA does that. By the way, it's it's one thing if you play back to back at home or on the road and it's close proximity, but to play at home against the Wizards and then go to Milwaukee and then you only got one day off for you have to go to Denver. So I mean, this isn't just like run of the mill teams. You're talking about maybe the best team in the East and probably the best team in the West right now in in just that short period of time. Yeah, look, I, I don't think they need to rush back Zion Williamson because those, those hamstring injuries, you don't want to have a setback there. But yeah. it's good to get Brandon Ingram back on the court. He was rusty in his first game back. That's to be expected. But the more he plays, I think the better he's going to get, the more comfortable he's going to get. And then they can start building towards something. Because let's face it, I mean, these are the teams they're going to have to beat uh, when they get in the playoffs in, in, in April and May. They're going to have to be able to handle Denver. So, uh, you know, going to Denver this week will be a good education for them. Uh, right now, Denver's a tough matchup for them, though, I think. Thank you, Jerry. He says Pelicans at Bucks Sunday at 2.30. Why would they put that on during during one of the championship games? I mean, really. Yeah, nobody, nobody. They, had, they played last week during the playoffs, and I'm like trying to switch and forth, back and forth, watch the end of the Pelicans game, watch the Bengals at the same time. Luckily, the Bengals were winning handily, so it was easy to switch. Um, but, I mean, why would they do that? But anyway, so you got to play Saturday night at home, and then you got to go play an afternoon game in Milwaukee. Who's scheduling this? Yeah, why that's going to be tough. That? That's going to be tough. Uh, and no one's going to watch that game. I mean, I think these two championship games are going to have really high ratings because of the start. I agree. Out. I got the new TV coming in, so I'm, I'm nice. excited. I'll be watching the. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up. The other one died. I didn't just go out willing. When you're a sports writer, you can't just go out and say, okay, I'm a. It's not like, you know, if your work is a, a lawyer or a doctor and you're like, oh, we need a big screen. No, no, doesn't work that way. So, anyway, <laughs> but I'm excited because that this is a you know once every. You just gotta, you gotta win your bets of. this weekend. Pay for that TV. Man. I've done pretty good this this year. I've had a pretty good year. So it'll be an even nicer year if if it's San Francisco. Put it this way: if it's San Francisco and Cincinnati, the TV is paid for. So that's nice. that's what I'm hoping for. I don't think it's going to be that way. So don't get me wrong. I'm not being Derry Downer. I don't want Cincinnati to lose. I think Cincinnati's going to lose. Big difference. So yeah. I'm rooting for the Niners and Bengals. Final thoughts, Jeff Duncan, as we go off into the nether space and uh, watch football this weekend, and, and you probably work until who knows when. Yeah, look, uh, next week's Senior Bowl, there'll be a lot of news coming out. There's been a little bit of a, you know, kind of a dearth of Saints news because they've been hunkered down out there, the staff uh, meeting over personnel, the roster, making those decisions that we talked about earlier. And uh, so there'll be some more news come out next week. I expect them to start making some coaching hires. They still need to hire a tight ends coach, kind of running game yeah. coordinator. Uh, they, I know they interviewed Declan Doyle this past week, who's a you know in, inside guy who's been on on the staff for a while there, very well respected. I think they have an outside candidate come in as well. I don't know who that is, but I heard they interviewed someone from outside as well. And then they could have, could I say, have to hire a defense coordinator position if both Chris Richard and 
Ryan Nielsen uh, both get jobs. I mean, both of them have interviewed with multiple teams. Uh, so that would obviously be a big loss. Both those guys are excellent coaches uh, and I think are obviously in demand for a reason because they have great reputations around the league. Uh, and I, I've heard this as well. If Sean Payton were to get a job, if you were to get, say, Arizona job or Denver, um, I would not be surprised if he brought some coaches with him, including potentially Ryan Nielsen. Yeah, I, you know that's probably going to happen if, if he were to get another job. But I think we, Duncan and I both think it's about 80% that he doesn't at this point. Right. Wouldn't shock me if he, got, if he decides to take one of these jobs and the Saints are willing to, to let him go there. But I think at this point it's looking more and more. I was saying 60% the last couple of weeks that he didn't get a job. I think it's 80 to 85% now that he, that he doesn't get a job. Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, you know, I, I shared my clip of I told you that I do play-by-play for St. Paul's basketball. Well, one of the kids' names on St. Paul's basketball is Danny Roshaw. So his, his dad is Dan Roshaw, who you were talking about the replacement there, a tight ends coach. It's uh, probably not very, the most Very fun. good coach. And if Sean gets a job, Dan will be one of the first people he calls. There's no question. There's no question about that. All right, so that means we got more Saints stuff to talk about next week. It won't be – of course, we will – probably lead into the Super Bowl matchup a little bit, but next week will probably be more of a, of a Saints-centric show. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about the Pelicans as well. We'll talk about Sean Payton, a lot of the things you saw here. So next Friday at 9.15 a.m. and then the Friday after that, and then that's going to be our last live show with Jeff Duncan for a little while. Um, I'm going to take a little Mardi Gras break. Jeff Duncan's going to go work on his book. We'll probably do some shows here and there about the – you know, as we lead in the draft and free agency and all that stuff. But uh, we got two more after this. We thank you for being a part of it. Jeff Duncan, have a great weekend and uh, start thinking about where you're going to, about the king cake situation. Just let me know. I'll do the, do, I'll do the uh, walk of shame to go get your king cake. But no, everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk about next week Jim's new TV after he gets uh, paid for the, uh, the Bengals 49ers or Chiefs 49ers. Uh. Go Niners. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yep. Go Niners. Go Niners. Go Bengals. Win me some money so I can pay off this TV. All right. Uh, sorry about the little. I noticed that I had a little audio glitching going on this morning. Um, didn't notice that until I put it in. Don't know what happened there. Um, had some internet issues. Uh, I'm not going to name the company because overall it's been a satisfying experience, but. Uh, paid for an upgrade to raise my speed, like double my internet speed. And ever since I've done that, and it's only been a few days, and I was on the phone with them for like an hour yesterday, but I've had nothing but issues ever since I supposedly upgraded. I mean, you're supposed to get better when you upgrade, right? Not worse. I don't know what's going on. So anyway, I apologize for the... It wasn't super noticeable, but it, it was it was a little noticeable. So the little click, click, click glitches. I don't know what's going on there. So had some issues yesterday and buy you bets. We will get that fixed before next week for sure. Um, let's move on to our best bet segment where we only talk about championship game weekend with Uncle Big Nick. Look, it's been a really good year for me. Um, the same year that you see me have uh, on the pod – you know, and it doesn't always work out because I don't. I got finally got smart. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing well. 
I need to go bet everything that I'm actually talking about betting. Because, you know, I, some, I used to be like a back-off kind of guy. I don't want to bet too much. and get, You know, I said, you know what, this year I'm going in a little bit more. I've been doing well. I'm going to follow it, and I did. And, I mean, I only bet the bets that I post here. Every now and then I might make a live bet or something, or there might be something that strikes me closer to game time or whatever, but the bets you hear that I make on this show are bets that I make in real life. And um, we've been really good with teasers. I did get a teaser in uh, earlier this week. I got two teasers in, and both involving San Francisco. But then, you know, if you know how teasers work, you get six points, uh, a gift of six points for both sides, but you got to win both. It's like a parlay with a six-point gift on both sides. So I got the Niners plus eight and a half, and I think the both the Chiefs and the Bengals at plus seven and a half. So really go Niners. Okay, that's number one. But we're hoping for a game that was within a touchdown in the Bengals-Chiefs game so we can win both of those bets. But couldn't do that in best bets because the lines have been changing back and forth so much. I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. I have not seen where lines have changed this much through the course of the week. They finally look like they settled down a little bit. Kansas City minus one in that AFC championship game. And I think that Frisco game, I think by game time, I think it's going to get to three. I think Philly will be minus three by, by game time. So if you want to bet on Philly, do it now. If you want to bet on San Francisco, I'd say wait a little bit. Have a little patience. Um, but we can find out who I like right here and what I'm doing with Uncle Big Nick. We don't have a whole lot of picking left to do. I mean, we're getting close to the end here. Uncle Big Nick here with me on this Friday morning. We got one more after this. How are you feeling about it? Um, I'm actually okay with it. I'm I'm ready for golf to be king again for me. So, uh, are you feeling kind of nervous because you're right on the the fringe of positive and going over 500? I mean, I'd be nervous if I were you because if you go and two, you got no shot at being. Over 500, and you got little shot of finishing in positive numbers. I'm going for the gusto this week, so it's either going to be feast of famine for me this week. All right, so the way that it works for those who don't listen every week is I have no idea what Uncle Big Nick's going to pick. I just know the amounts he's going to pick, so I can put it in a spreadsheet before we start. And the way where we are right now for the season, Uncle Big Nick is 42 and 42. We're going to call him Mr. Mediocre. But he is more mediocre than that. Nope. He is plus 14 for the year on his bets. I am 55 and 34 plus 349 for the year. So I, it is impossible for me to go below uh, positive numbers because we all, the max allowed betting here is $100. Well, a $100 return. So you can bet up to whatever with the juice and I'll bet $100. But I don't even have that many. I have two bets. I told you I had one. I actually have two. But my oh, total yeah. amount of bets, I know. My total amount of bets is only $52 this week. And you got you got the full allotment. And All right. NFC, AFC Championship Week. What is your philosophy before we get to the bets? Do you have any – do you play things differently? Do you play more props? I know you like to have a lot of bets out there. Do you think uh, any different? The only time I do props is in the Super Bowl. 
Okay, like Super so, Bowl, I, I bet so many stupid props. It's ridiculous. What is it, your, I mean, do you have any different philosophy for this because there's only two games? No, I mean, I would if the games wasn't as, I feel like these two games are so even with the teams. And yeah, I agree. I, I just, I don't have anything like I'm, I'm going to bet on them, but I've done changed my mind about five, six times within the week, you know? Well, interestingly, um, the, the, we talked about the Cincinnati-Kansas City line with Duncan and how it's changed and it's gone up and down, up and down. I think it's finally settled in where it is. But interestingly, I went to DraftKings this morning to look up a, a, a different prop, like a future prop. And the Cincinnati-Kansas City game is locked. You cannot bet it via spread. You can only bet money line, which I thought was weird. They took, they waiting on the Mahomes thing. Uh, well, I mean, we know he's playing, so, I mean, what are they going to wait yeah, for? Yeah, but just how healthy is he going to be? I mean, how are they going to know that until until he gets on the field? Until he gets and, there, yeah. I guess they're going to watch practice today again? I don't know. Uh, I guess. Was, we'll find I, I'm out. so sick of seeing videos on Twitter of Patrick Mahomes' foot. There's nothing else to talk about. There's only two yeah. games this week. They, watched, they showed him, like, walking off the stage and walking. I mean, they just keep showing his feet. Yeah, well... Get ready for about three hours of that because, you know, I, heard, I don't remember who I heard it. I think it was on the NFL Network. I was heard they were talking about the game, and I think they're right. They're going to have, you know, double the amount of cameras that they normally would have because they only have that one game on CBS. So they'll have one person, one camera person will be dedicated to filming. Can you imagine how boring that would be for three hours? Filming Mahomes' ankle and foot. For three to three and a half hours. What well, a job well, Romo's going to talk about it for three hours, so. Oh, God. I, I'm going to have to, like, I don't know. I might have to turn down the TV. I don't know. I mean, I like the CBS uh, Westwood uh, guys better than the regular announcers anyway. So, I don't know. We'll see. All right, enough, uh, enough chatting about what we're going to watch and listen on Sunday. What you got? Uh, I know you, uh, we both have two bets. We talked about it. You have a straight bet for your first one. What is it? I'm taking Cincinnati and KC over 47 and a half, 33 to win 30. I have no idea how this game's going to go, but I think there's going to be points scored. Um, it all depends on Patrick Mahomes' ankle, how, how they're going to do this. I mean, I think he's going to get the ball out quick. Um, I, I could see Cincinnati scoring 20-something points, and I could also see KC doing it. I kind of want to... This is one of them games where I'm going to watch the first few series. Yeah. Kind of live bet it and see how it goes. Because yeah. I think, and I also think that if you're going to bet this game, a KC first half bet might be the, one of the best bets to do in this game. Because if Mahomes is going to play good and be himself, it's going to be more in the first half than the second half, I'm thinking. Because he's going to be shot up. He's going to have the adrenaline. You, you ain't got to worry about and the thing I worry about with the game is him getting tackled wrong, and that ain't yeah. messing up. So, and I also think of like a prop bet. You were talking about props earlier. Kansas City's first play of the game is going to be a pass because he's going to want to show that he's okay. Oh, you're listening to too much, too many podcasts. Yeah, I know. I don't it, think it, so. It's so I don't true. That's, that's not Andy Reid's nature. I don't. He's not the, like the gambling, stick it up your keister kind of coach. Um, I don't necessarily not. I don't not think it's going to be a pass, but I don't think it's going to be some deep bomb. I mean, I could be wrong. No, no, it ain't going to be a bomb. I just think it's going to be a drop back in a throw. 
We'll, we'll see. I don't. I think he's going to be. I think the uh, Mahomes. I do like Mahomes passing under. I didn't bet it, but I like Mahomes passing under because I think he's going to be a lot of get the ball, get it out of your hands, throw it to Kelsey for six yards. I think there's going to be a lot of that going on. And another thing, I don't know if anybody listening plays DFS, but Jarrett McKinnon is like a smash play in DFS this week. Yeah. Because he's yeah. the better pass blocker. He picks up blitzes better. He's going to play a lot more to protect Mahomes. And it's going to be a lot of those block, and then if nobody's open, get out and catch a pass. I also you think, know. though, that Pacheco's going to go over his rushing yards, though. I think they're going to try to run the ball. Uh, I, maybe not I on play number one. I love Pacheco. So do I. And I think his over-under left. so hard. I think his over-under rushing was like 47 and a half. There's also a prop bet that I put on by you. That's not on my, my card here. But uh, there's a prop bet on Caesars. I think it's over 69 and a half yards and scores a touchdown for plus 500. I really like the value in that. I like that, too. Not, so, I mean, he could bust one like he did last week. I wouldn't yeah. shock me at all. So, all right. Well, we, throughout the course of the season, this is week number, let's see, what, 19, 18 or 19, whatever it is. Um, we, we skipped a week because I was, I think I was sick one week or something. I don't remember what happened, but we skipped a week. So, I think it's the, the 18th week we're doing this. We have probably, I can count the times on one hand for sure that we have been button heads. Here's one of them. My my first play is a ten dollar parlay to win twenty six bucks. Um, by the way, your your play again, just so everybody knows, Cincinnati, Kansas City over forty seven and a half, thirty three to one thirty. I got a parlay and it's on the totals, and I don't play a whole lot of totals. It's going to be a small parlay, just ten bucks to win twenty six. I like the opposite of what everybody thinks. I like the San Francisco over, and I like the Kansas City under. San Francisco, Philly. Over 46 points, Kansas City, Cincinnati under 47 and a half. Now, the last three times that Kansas City, so we just Cincinnati go put heads on both our bets this week. Okay, well, that sounds like uh, you got the San Francisco under in your play. <laughs> I don't agree with everybody that it's just going to be this defensive battle. People, this is recency bias, and people looking at stats too much. People forget that San Francisco and Philly both have really good offenses. So I think they're both going to be able to score points. I think it's going to be a, a really fun game to watch. I think, honestly, I think this is probably going to be a more fun game to watch in Kansas City-Cincinnati, and I know people expected it the other way around. I do think they're going to be both be semi-tight. I both think I think they're both going to be games going into fourth quarter. I don't necessarily think what everybody thinks that, you know, these are going to be two field goal games. In the history of the conference championship weekend, since 1970, there have only been two weekends, two ga- two Sundays of conference championships, where both games landed with a with a field goal. Final spread was a field goal or less, and last year was one of them. I don't see it happening two years in a row. I know that's what the lines people are going to predict, but one of these games is going to be a blowout. I kind of think it's going to be Kansas City. I don't have it in my best bets, but I think uh, Kansas City defense is going to play well in this game, and I think. As good as the San Francisco defense is, as good as the Philly defense is, but not against the run, by the way. I think that's going to go over. I think there's going to be points scored. So, San Francisco, Philly, over 46 in the city. Cincinnati, under 47 and a half. Uncle Big Nick I and I have buttonheads. $10 to win 26. Go ahead. It's about a player in this game. Why does everybody in Louisiana act like Joe Burrow is the only player ever to come from LSU and play in the NFL? Oh, because it's just easy to. I don't know why they don't love Jamar Chase more. At least he went to Rummel. At least he grew up here. Yeah. Like, 
Joe Burrow lives they in Ohio. They don't get behind he Justin Jefferson he, like that. He didn't grow up on the West Bank. Like, yeah, I know. He, was, he lived in Louisiana two years. It's one of my biggest pet peeves is to get on social media and everybody's a Burrow fan. It's like Oh, because it's the same reason, Uncle Big Nick, and I don't want to piss off too many of my listeners, but it's the same reason it's, why. It's almost the last these, week I can do it. These people that fed the pigeons for 45 years of Saints football jumped on the bandwagon in 2006 when they went to the NFC Championship game. They kind of went back to the malls in 07 and 08 when they were like average. Then in 09, the magical season, they won the Super Bowl. It's like people that didn't give a rat's ass about football all of a sudden were getting tick, were, were spending money and going to Miami to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. the average Joe fan who who has been a fan since the day they were born and lived and died with every Sunday couldn't afford to go to Miami. But, you know, Joe Q, rich boy, all of a sudden was, oh, look at my tickets. I'm going to Miami. I got season tickets. And then, you know, now they don't care again. I mean, it is it is what it is. The best, it's the, the, world the most fun thing I do on Facebook, because, I mean, I'm an LSU fan. I've been an LSU fan my whole life. So... I know there's other NFL players that, you know, went to LSU. So when they play Baltimore, it's like, oh, I want Burrow to win. Burrow to win. Patrick Queen. I I said, yeah, why you hate Patrick Queen? (laughs) Now this week, I'm like, you know, oh, I want Burrow to win. Why you hate Clyde Edwards Alaire? Like, what's wrong with him? You know what I mean? Like, I just keep doing that to people. They just don't know what to say. No, I get it. I mean, but, you know, there's something different about a quarterback, the quarterback position. I wonder if they did that way back in the 70s when Burt Jones was playing for the Colts. You think they were gaga over the Colts? Oh, that's another thing. You, I almost forgot to mention this. If Joe Burrow played for the Falcons, would everybody be question. like this? That's a really good be, question. Oh, I can't wait for the Burrow Falcons to go to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I don't think – I don't – well, I don't know because the the, the – the, People that fed the pigeons, they, they they probably don't hate the Falcons like the regular Saints. Yeah, fans. but they've been trained to know to hate the Falcons. What if he played for the Cowboys? And I don't know. Like, I think what's worse, the Falcons or the Cowboys, the Saints? Fans. It's pretty close around here, I think. And I mean, because, and I think this is true ever anywhere in the country. You either hate the Cowboys or you love them. There's no like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, I don't care if they win or not. Yeah, it's. Uh, you either hate, hate them or you love or hate. Yeah, so I it, I think it'd be the same thing, but I I'm with you. Go back to the feeding the pigeons. You knew that anyway. That's a whole different. See, you see, you're gonna get me in trouble here. I'm gonna. Well, would you call them new days now? New days. There you go. We got the new days. <laughs> the new days. The new days. <laughs> we got new days out there. New I mean, you got grocery stores. You got grocery stores making king cakes and Bengals colors. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, you just old. see. You used to make fun of me for being old. In fact, you still do, but you're getting old and crotchety. That's something an old and crotchety dude would say. Yeah, I, I'm not get off my lawn yet, but it is annoying. You, that's that's a get off my lawn kind of kind of statement right there. I, I mean, I love Burrow. Close. I'm so happy he brought LSU to national championship, but it doesn't no, mean I got to cheer for him now. You're you're pretty close to get off my lawn, pal. All right, moving on. You got a parlay, seventy five bucks. To win 243, I hope this hits for you because you're going to go into the negative territory if you don't hit this one. What you got? San Francisco and under. San Francisco money line, under 46. Uh, Monday, I told you I didn't know if San Francisco could win. Tuesday, I thought Philly was going to win. Wednesday, kind of leaning 
going towards San Francisco winning now. I'm just all in on this. Um, San Francisco's linebackers are really, really fast. They're really, really good. And I really think that's going to be the difference in this game. I don't think Hurts is going to be able to scramble and run away from them. And if they can spy him and keep him in the pocket, I know San Francisco's secondary is not their strongest suit on the defense, but if they can pressure Hurts and get him off his spot and get these linebackers to attack him, I really think they can shut this offense down. And I'm just trusting the defense. And I'm also, I keep hearing about, you know, the Russian defense for Philly and how bad it is. And that's not a good sign. I know LSU, I mean LSU, I'm back on that. I know San Francisco didn't run great against Dallas, but Dallas' speed on defense is very underrated. They're really fast on defense. So San Francisco couldn't do what they the outside runs that they normally do. I think they're going to be able to get outside on this defense because their linebackers are small. They're going to be able to block them. They're going to be able to do what they do. You know what tells me that Philly's Russian defense is way worse than anyone's accounting for? The fact that they're 16th, ranked 16th in the NFL, their rush defense. But they've been ahead big. They've been, they've been ahead big in so many games this year that people haven't even really tried to run. So the fact that they haven't tried to run against Philly and they're still 16th tells me that they're really more like 24th or 25th. So this team can be had. And when you talk about the McCaffreys of the world, and the Elijah Mitchells, assuming they're healthy, and Debo's going to well, have I know his chance. McCaffrey, that's all he has is a bruised calf. Like, uh, it's not like it's a muscle strain. It's not a muscle pull. It's a bruise. It's not a high like, ankle sprain. Right. I mean, it, it, it. yeah, they didn't know what it was in the last game, but now it's diagnosed. He's not oh, practicing because you don't want to aggravate it. Not only that, I think they're also using him as a decoy. Like, let's, let's, let's let everybody think McCaffrey's going to only carry the ball 10 or 12 times. I mean, I don't Kittle think should Sirianni beat these linebackers up, really. I mean, yeah. honestly, I, Kittle look, should have a field day. All right, well, that leads into my best bet, okay? And, I, look, I've done teasers almost every week. I'm 13-4 and four teasers, but and I did two of them earlier in the week when the line changed back and forth between Cincinnati and KC. I was able to get a teaser that involved both Cincinnati and both KC, plus 7.5 on both sides. The problem is the line has changed too much, and now I can't do a teaser any longer. So, with that being said, um, no teaser from me this week, and I doubt if I'll have one in the Super Bowl, so it looks like I'll finish 13 and 4 teasers. My best bet is, you know, we butted heads with the, with the total. We're not butting heads with, with the outcome. I went. I originally thought I was going to take Philly, and as I dove into it, and the more I thought about it, and I'm like, I got to go with what I've thought all year long. I mean, you know this. I didn't want to say it. I don't want to give your team props. But when did I say San Francisco was the best team in the NFL? I think I said it in, like, August. Yeah. I still think the, the best team in the NFL. And they only I got still... better since August. I agree. And, look, I know that they – got an upgrade at quarterback and an upgrade at running back. <laughs> well, this is a little recency bias. I mean, if this line would have been released before last week, San Francisco would have been about a one-point favorite. So you're telling me there's three-and-a-half points – worth the change because Jalen Hurts looks super great against a really bad Giants team. And I'm like, okay, really bad. Let's say average Giants team at best. That's and now you're going against I the number was, one defense? That, that's another thing that got me back on Frisco from being on Philly was, okay, the Giants killed a horrible Minnesota team. Horrible defensive Minnesota team. Right. Then they look terrible. Yeah. They look terrible against Philly. 
So everybody, but Philly has a 10 times better defense than Minnesota. Giants wasn't as good as they were against Minnesota. Minnesota made them look that good. It's the same and as Dallas. Dallas's defense is underrated. Yes, it's the same as Dallas going to Tampa, killing that team that was bad, then going to Frisco, and Frisco struggling with Dallas. So everybody's seen Philly kill the Giants who killed Minnesota. Right. And San Francisco struggle with Dallas, but Dallas has an underrated defense, like you said. I, I just think you say blowout. I, I, I think this could potentially be a blowout, but I don't want to say that. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout because it's in Philly. Um, and I do think that uh, they'll, be a hang, they'll be able to hang around. I'm not going to go as far to take the money line because I think there's value on this getting two and a half, so I'm just going to take the two and a half and bet. But it's juiced right now, so I'll have to bet 42 to win 40. And I think you can pretty much find that anywhere. It's, it's, my, it's plus two and a half at minus 105, which means if you bet $105, you win 100. Um, I just, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this gift because I think that's what it is. You can probably bet it if you want to get rid of that, if you want to get the hook. And say plus three, you could probably get it at plus one. The way this line is trended, you might get three. Minus one twenty, I mean, you might. And actually, if you like San Francisco, I would wait until kickoff. Yeah, I haven't bet it yet. I think there's going to be late money coming in on Philly. I've made all the bets I'm going to make. I'm not going to bet anymore. But look, again, I just think uh, San Francisco's defense has not been talked about enough. I do think Jalen Hurts will be able to throw the ball a bit. It's tough to stop both AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard for an entire game. So I do think they'll score their points. I do think they'll score about 20. But I think San Francisco is going to score 27. So that's my 27-20-ish is about the final score. I got 24-20. So well, that's why I hence, got under. Hence why you got the under and why I got the over. I, um, you know, I, The only I, way it, San Francisco loses this game is if Purdy remembers he's Purdy. We said like that he, last week. I know, but he, he didn't play great last week, and they still won. But that's because Dak is so talented. I don't think Hurts is going to turn the ball over as much as Dak did. Well, he only Dak only turned it over twice. I think Jalen Hurts is capable of turning it over twice. I really do. But I agree with you, though. I think he'll probably only turn it over once. But it might be all that 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 San Francisco. Hey, do you do you think Purdy throws over thirty passes in this game? Mm, about. I think it's 25, or between 25 and 30. If he has to throw over 30 passes, they lose it. They lose. I don't know that that's true. I, I think, think there's going to be a lot of dinks and dunks. I mean, they're going to dink it to Debo. They're going to dink it to Debo. They're going to dink it to McCaffrey. So, I mean, Kittle. 30 pass attempts, Kittle. 30 pass attempts isn't that all that minute because you're talking about if you get 65 plays in a game, 30 passes, it's not really that. In today's NFL, it's not all that much. I think Shanahan's going to try to confuse him in the beginning, and I think he might do a lot of dinking and dunking early on. But I don't think Purdy's going to – look, he, 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 I said it on the final bet show last night on Fox 8. I just – I don't think that – he's shown to me that he can avoid the big mistake. I he's think got all the confidence in the world right now. He does. Like it, he, and the I know players are behind him. The coaches stands behind him, and he's playing great football. The only thing that worries me when it comes to Purdy is if it's like 20 to 20 – and there's three minutes left, and he's got the ball. That's a different animal when you're talking about if we go down there and score, we go to the Super Bowl. I mean, even for the calmest yeah. of calm who's never been there, I mean, th- there's only like a handful of quarterbacks I've ever seen be that cool and confident. Joe Burrow actually being one of them. 
So we'll you know see what happens. You know what's scares me about Purdy is I bought his jersey last week. Oh, yeah, you you doomed him now. I can't believe I, <laughs> Why wouldn't you wait until – I bought it before the Dallas game, though. So okay. I was worried, that's why I was worried about that game. Yeah, but you didn't get it. Did you time, notice? Dude. I know you watched you, you watched you watched the whole game last week, huh? Yeah, I watched it. Did you notice that I watched it twice? Yeah. Did you notice San Francisco ran the ball, they were getting one yard to carry, one yard to carry. And then by the time the third and fourth quarter came, it was four or five yards to that's carry. That's what they do. That's what they just that's weighed you out. Yeah. That's their MO. And I think they can and do that to Philly. I hope Kittle has as much fun this week as he did last week, because that was fun to watch. So that, I'm on the guy. I'm on the San Francisco Frisco. train. I hope they win at least one more. I got, I got my futures on San Francisco. I honestly wish they'd use him more. Yeah. Well. He's such a good blocker, though, that they let him block a lot, too. And he loves blocking. When he's mic'd up, it's so funny. Well, good luck, because I know we probably won't be talking all that much during the game. You're like, no, I'm not a – you know I'm not a phone guy during my games. <laughs> all right, good luck. We will talk to you. and Well, I'll talk to you before then, but – the yeah. rest of our Datitude world will talk to you in two weeks. We're having a week off, and then we're doing a Super Bowl, right? Yes, sir. You ready? Ready for it's Ready for Super Bowl. I hope it's Frisco Cincy. That way I can play this whole Burrow thing I got going. Oh, on I hope it's head. Frisco and Cincy, too, because I got enough futures to where I honestly, if it's Frisco and Cincy, the Super Bowl? I don't even know if I'll make a bet. I mean, I might <laughs> make a couple of silly bets on problems. That'd be about it. All right, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Talk to you later, Uncle Big Nick. All right, bud. Damn, that glitch was there for that one, too. That one was worse. I will absolutely have that cleaned up before we do next uh, Friday's shows. Uh, I promise you that. Uh, don't know what's going on, but I want to... Makes me want to call. I mean, I got to... Maybe I should call during the podcast and see what kind of response... Nah, you don't want to listen to that. In fact, you probably don't even want to listen to me much longer. It's, it's football time. We are... We have run the gamut in this show. I thought this was uh, one of our better shows. Had a lot of good stuff to talk about. Sean Payton, Saints, Pelicans, 80-foot shots, all kinds of fun stuff going on. It was all here. And you know what? It's here every Friday. Even when the football season has ended, I am going to take a little Mardi Gras break, but um, not a lot. Not going to be a lot of breaks. Uh, we're going to probably go back to one show a week after football season's over, but we have um, we have some good guests. We're gonna have some good guests. We had Mike Detillier on this past Monday. I'm not sure who I have this Monday, but I know we're gonna get into, and it won't be this Monday. But some of the things we're gonna be talking about over the course of the next after this this weekend's games are over. I want to go. I like to have that uh, at least twice a year, like how to bet type thing. And so maybe I'll reach out to some of my betting experts and see if we can get that that on because. You know, everybody likes to bet props for the Super Bowl, and it's it's how to go about looking at the Super Bowl and not just betting everything. Like, oh, yeah, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. Before you know it, you got 20 bets, and you win like eight of them, and you think you're doing well, and then you go look, and you're like, holy crap, how did I lose $200? Because you bet like 20 things. So we're, we're going to talk uh, probably on philosophies on how to bet, and we do that again. I like to do it in August, and I like to do it before the Super Bowl. So let's see. My Shaw math is working twice a year, right? That, well, that works out pretty well. And one thing you have to have, and I said it before, and the song came in my head, so that's the song of the day, is you've got to have a little patience. You can't just go click, 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 click. I'm going to do that, and like I said, you know, before you know, 
got to have patience. You got to sit down. You got to look at what you want to do. Write some things down. Don't just go betting them willy-nilly because that's how you lose a lot of money. Well, that's how you lose money for sure. I don't know how much you're betting. It could be a lot of money. It could be a little bit. Bet responsibly, boys. And that's the one thing I've learned. Over the, It took me a long time to learn that because I didn't necessarily bet responsibly. You got to have a little patience. And, you know, if you're home with the ones you love, sometimes you got to have a little patience there too. So it's not just betting. In every phase of life, you got to have a little patience. And believe it or not, Jim Derry does have some. Are you going to have some this weekend? Enjoy the games. We're going to let you go here. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. Weather looks good. Maybe a little chilly. But enjoy it with the ones you love. And we will talk to you on Monday. Peace and love, my friends. Bye.